Hello, my name is Travis Rosinger, and we want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. I'm here with my wife, my beautiful wife and co-host, Dawn Rosinger. Hey, what's up, everybody? Well, Dawn, it's been a fabulous week. Honestly, I have really enjoyed myself. As you know, I had a chance to have my friends over from my guys, Wednesday Morning Guys group. They came over a couple nights ago, and we had a huge bonfire and just sat around and talked about guys stuff. And it was so much fun. We actually roasted uh, hot dogs over the yeah. open fire, which we've done before this year, but just absolutely love that. I was excited because when they left, they left all of their goodies here <laughs> for us to eat. So we got some really good chocolate chip cookies with Ghirardelli chocolate in them. And then those other bars, what were they called? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, they're the Scotcheroos. Scotcheroos. Like the, so good. A whole container of Scotcheroos, which we love. And then also just some other random cookies. So we got the leftovers for that. So thanks, guys, of Travis's yeah. group for leaving all of your goodies with us. So, Don, what about you? What's a highlight from your week? Well, I had a great week. I actually had a chance to have Mexican food with my new co-workers at this crazy good restaurant that is actually in a gas station. The food was phenomenal, and I ordered a burrito that felt like it was about 10 pounds. It was the heaviest burrito I've ever had, but great, great flavor. The coolest thing is I didn't get Mexican food just once. I actually got it twice this week. I did score big time with chips and salsa and just Mexican food. But we were down in Ames, Iowa, and we were able to have a meal with our kids. We went down there to babysit our grandson, but we got to have Mexican at another great place. Phenomenal place. One that we're going to hit up the next time we're in town. That was so, so good. I loved it. So Don, like you mentioned, we were spending a couple days down with our kids in Iowa again, watching our grandson. And I remember the next morning after we had babysat the night before, we were having breakfast and coffee with our kids when we suddenly looked over and our grandson Winston was on the floor and he was doing the splits. We were like, what are you doing? Doing How is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. Like our our daughter-in-law, Katie, just looked over and said, yep, he's doing the splits. (laughs) And I think we all just kind of winced at that point because it hurts mm-hmm. like to think about anybody doing yes. the splits. Now he's only a year and a half, so he is still very flexible as a kid, but it's painful to watch him since we as adults are no longer able to be that flexible. I honestly can barely touch my toes, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a problem with that my whole life and I'm an athlete, but for some reason touching my toes is just a challenge. Yeah. And I'm, I'm the same way, but could we be as flexible as a year and a half old? Of course. Yes. We could. But if we wanted to do that, it would take a lot of intentionality, wouldn't it, Don? Yes. And discipline and willingness to want to change. Lots of stretching. <laughs> yeah. And here's the interesting thing. When I saw him do the splits and, you know, just kind of thinking about our topic today for our episode, episode 79, and it made me think of a TED Talk that I caught a few years back and a speaker that was on this TED Talk by the name of Natalie Fredo. And she mentioned the idea of having a high AQ. AQ, Travis. What is that? <laughs> yeah. And we often hear and think a lot about in 
high EQ, emotional intelligence. And we've probably mentioned the idea of an AQ in the past on this podcast because it's so cool. So what is a high AQ? Well, she was talking about an adaptability quotient, somebody's ability to adapt in unique or changing circumstances or situations. Well, she went on to say that she prefers not only hiring someone who has that quality or that trait, but also values adaptability even more than other traits. Wow, that's amazing. Yep. She, again, calls this, you know, AQ, an adaptability quotient. Now, she communicated that there's a level in which a person is willing to be stretched so that they can achieve success in almost any situation. I love this TED Talk. It was so great. She was describing an individual that would maybe have a high AQ. And she said that one of the ways to determine that in an interview is just to ask the person, what if this were to happen in a future sense? Or what if that were to happen? If you asked a person with a high level of adaptability, they would likely have an answer because they're always ready to pivot and to be flexible. In my opinion, this concept has a lot to do with the professional maturity that is achieved through an others-focused mentality and a mind that has already been made up about the future, a mind that says, I will change and adapt to whatever comes along. Someone who has a high level of adaptability is likely a person who's willing to be stretched. They have elasticity, allowing themselves to change without being broken. Yeah, you know, a quick example that comes to my mind is this. What if you got a call and you were asked to be one of the next people on Dancing with the Stars? You know, Dancing with the Stars kind of works like this. They take famous people who are just regular people in the area of dance and they turn them into serious competitors. Again, this is a great example of adaptability. So what do you think, Travis? Could you do that? Could you, <laughs> you know, be on Dancing with the Stars? I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if it'd be a great dancer, but if my phone <laughs> rang, I'd say yes. Right. Why not? Why not learn? Why not be adaptable? Why not give it a try? Right. That would be fun. Again, they take these famous people who don't really know a lot about dancing and they adapt to become good dancers. They make them amazing. It's really cool. I know, Travis. When I first started to hear about the idea of adaptability quotient, I immediately started to think about that concept in marriage between a husband and a wife. How do couples last a lifetime in marriage? It started to make sense to me on what might be the secret sauce on how couples may make it to marriage for 50, 60, and even 70 years. In relational terms, they have decided in advance that changing themselves for the strength of the relationship is much more valuable to them than rigidly holding onto the beliefs, attitudes, or habits that damage their marriage relationship. Hey, we just really want you guys to understand what we're talking about. So another example of this is like, let's say you have a relative who always wants to talk about controversial topics. Like we all have them, yeah, right? We all know those. got like relatives. 10 of those. And if you guys listening don't have one, we'll loan <laughs> yeah. you one. We have extra. Again, so you have this relative that we all have who likes to talk about controversial topics, but they're willing to lay down that desire to instead focus on the person and their family. They want to know more details about that family member's life, struggles, passions, and future plans. So they decide in advance to not bring up the controversial topics every time they see their family members. They're the ones that change to strengthen the relationship they value more than their own personal preference yeah, or opinion. So that's I an example. I love that. And that's a great example, Don. I mean, they're just saying, look, I'm going to Thanksgiving or I'm going to Christmas this year and 
yeah, we could talk about all the friction and craziness in our world, but no, I want to talk about, you know, when did your son start yeah. to ride the, his bike and, and how are, you know, your vacation plans for next summer coming right. along? And they just want to engage because they love their family or love their friends yes. and they care more about the relationship than they do their right yep. to speak their minds. So why should we take this adaptability quotient concept into marriage? Well, the reason is this. Many relationships are rigid and lack adequate levels of adaptability. A spouse does something or starts to wear on the other spouse, and then the relationship suddenly feels it's in jeopardy. There's divorce conversations, or the couple separates and decides to just walk away. A relationship needs to be ready and able to handle internal and external challenges in order to remain flexible and connected throughout a lifetime. Again, the adaptability quotient. Yeah, and it's worth bringing it into marriage and we're going to we're going to drill down and get a little bit more clear about what we're talking about. Here's the general idea. If a couple is going to make their relationship work over a lifetime, they have to be willing to adapt and change to meet the needs of the yes, relationship. Yep. So we love the idea, Don, you and I, of adaptability in relationships, but we believe that true adaptability comes from a thing called elasticity. Right. Individuals in marriage are willing to adapt because they have already made the decision to be elastic in life and in their most important relationship their marriage. So I hope you're listening. Here's what we're getting at right here. Couples with this kind of a strength have what we would call relational elasticity, the ability to stick together while stretching to accommodate needs of the relationship. And that is like a marital superpower. Right, it it's something that couples that last, like you said, Don, 50, 60, 70, maybe even 80 years yeah. It's what they have. That's why it works. That's why they're able to stick together. Now, the word elasticity uh, means this, and this is from the Oxford Languages Dictionary. It means the ability of an object or a material to resume its normal shape after being stretched or compressed. In other words, yes. it's the idea of stretchiness where you can stretch something and then it bounces back into place. So kind of like after Thanksgiving, we want to wear those stretchy <laughs> pants or when we go on vacation, we bring stretchy pants with us. Yeah. We have to make sure that there's that elasticity so that we can grow a little bit. No, I'm just yeah, teasing. No, no, you're right. Kind of that I don't, same concept. I don't just go back for seconds. <laughs> yeah. I go back for thirds and fourths and fifths. So having relational elasticity doesn't mean you give up who you are or that you're not true to yourself. What it does mean is that you are mentally and emotionally ready to change yeah, when which needed. Which is so important. It's really important, especially in certain areas within your life for a temporary or maybe even changing for an indefinite amount of time while still maintaining your true identity. So here's something to remember when thinking about this concept. You are not always going to be who you are today. I mean, Don, have you thought about that lately? Oh, absolutely. How much we change over our lifetimes? Yeah, if I just look back to when we first were married, Travis, we're completely different people now. So different. And I know in 20 years, I'm not going to be the same person I am right now. Not at all. Life, relationships, and age, or should we say experiences, may shape you into a completely different person in 20 years in the future, just like you mentioned, Don, in the last 20 years of our lives. So in chronological terms, you already have elasticity built with inside of you. You will naturally change 
over time. But why is relational elasticity relevant and important in marriage? Well, I mean, think about it. What about a married couple who decides to buy a car? That's a simple solution, right? But what happens when the wife wants to buy a brand new car for $30,000, but the husband wants to buy a reliable $5,000 used car? Yeah, that's a big difference. What do you do? (laughs) I mean, somebody's going to have to give or do something different, right? I think it's important because what about a couple who has their first child and one of the parents wants to have clear discipline practices in place, but the other parent feels that discipline is harsh and prefers to fly by the seat of their pants in parenting and structure. They're completely different angles. Like they're going to have some frustration or some conflict over that. Yeah. Somebody has got to stretch and be elastic and change. It's also relevant because what about a couple where the wife wants the husband to stay at home with the kids while she grows a career or the husband who wants the wife to stay home to raise kids right after she has just finished her degree with the intention of launching a career. Again, There's got to be flexibility, elasticity. Yeah, and it oftentimes has to come from both directions, from the husband and the wife. I'm sure you guys have probably heard of that old saying, something's got to give. And this is so true in these examples and just in life. You know what, though? The fun side and the secret truth about relational elasticity is that sometimes we change to accommodate a very small or big area in our lives And then after we have experienced that change for a while, we sometimes embrace it as a much better way of living and lose the desire to ever go back to what we were or how we lived before. That's the bonus. Like we realize that life has actually gotten better. And it's funny. So often we might be relationally elastic and we stretch, you know, like you said, Don, for temporary or long term, but but then all of a sudden we're like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I don't want to go back, even though it's just kicking, yes. fighting and screaming and not wanting to give in before. I feel like this has happened to us a ton in our marriage, Travis. But I would imagine it's happened to quite often to many of you guys out there. I know we personally have had conflict in an area and one of us needed to give or both of us needed to meet halfway. And after doing so, we ended up liking the new third option way better than our prior way of life. I mean, that's happened many times. It's almost like discovery. It's like, okay, I'm going to give, you're going to give. Whoa, this is really cool. Let's stick with this. Yes. So let's get to the meat of this podcast, Travis. What does relational elasticity look like in the real world, in marriage? Let me give you a couple examples of relational elasticity. One is just having kids, having to adapt to becoming a parent. You are now the one making sure people stay alive and obey the rules. Wow, is that a switch from your teenage years or what? That is relational elasticity. And what a great example, Don. You know, when we have kids, now I'm just not a spouse anymore. Now I'm a mom or a dad, a parent, and I have to relate to another human being in such a different way. I mean, a so different way. Another example of relational elasticity is just having a job change. You have to meet a ton of new people, grow relationships and change to fit the new company culture. Now that's 
relational elasticity and also how about just moving to a new neighborhood i mean travis we moved to tennessee now that was yeah. a completely different culture so crazy because right. it's the deep south we're we're practically living near canada we're in minnesota yep. and moving to tennessee wow was that different yes they talk differently they acted differently and they thought differently than us but we had to be adaptable. We had to learn to adapt to others. Because if we were going to thrive in their world, we had to be elastic and moldable. We had to have elasticity. Yeah. And I had to get down y'all. I had yeah, to be able to did. say y'all and all y'all and talk <laughs> like them. It, it was crazy, but it was so fun. And it allowed us to get to know right. people and grow relationally, uh, relational maturity, it I is. should say. Hey, and if you're listening to us from Tennessee, man, we love you. We love Tennessee. You guys are awesome. It was a great experience. Amazing. Love the people in Tennessee. So how have we had to apply relational elasticity to keep our marriage strong and moving forward? Really, how have we been able to have a stretchy yep. marriage? That's We've really what we're talking about, flexible. a stretchy yep. marriage. Yeah. Well, uh, some examples for you and I, Don, would be our communication right. styles. As people probably have figured out, I like to use a ton of words. And when we first got together, you're very much different now, Don. You use more words. But when we first got married, you were a person of few words. Right. And I didn't have a lot to say. <laughs> I wasn't a good listener. And yep. now I'm a much better you listener. Are. So we've swapped. But also another way would be our health. We work out together constantly, religiously. We motivate each other. We have aligned our schedules and our health goals to match yep. each other. And that's been a relational, elastic, kind of stretchy marriage, right. if you will. We want to coin that phrase, stretchy marriage. And it works. So how we also relate to or view money, that has changed over the years. I see it as a tool to invest, but Don, you, you know, naturally see it as a tool to provide security. And that is kind of how it's both, right? right? Money is both. It's security, but it's also a way to invest. I know, Travis, I fully agree with you. I believe we had to have relational elasticity in our communication. We needed to. If I would have been rigid, we would have never been able to communicate that the way we communicate it, now. It wouldn't have worked. Or if just in our health and how we relate to money, like we needed to have that relational elasticity, be flexible and stretch and grow. And now we're much stronger because yeah, of it. We're, we're actually reaching goals that we've set five, 10 years ago, and we're making it happen because we are flexible because we have that stretchy marriage. Well, the opposite of relational elasticity, sometimes, you know, to be able to really understand a concept, you got to look at the antonym or what it's not. Well, the opposite is stubbornness, hmm. being narrow-minded and arrogant. Relationships that fail to grow past these heady types of behaviors and mindsets onto being relationally elastic will fail or suffer a miserable existence. And it's because of the stubbornness, the narrow-mindedness, and the arrogance. When a couple says, I do at the altar, I think, Don, that they're really saying, I will right. to future change and flexibility that's in the marriage what, that's what and we had in to the do. relationship. Yeah, we had to say I will. A ton. You can't make it 29 years that we've been going as a married couple without that stretchy marriage concept. I mean, they probably think it on their wedding day. Hey, I'm willing to, you know, having to hold, to stretch and to become whatever you need me to be to make this marriage work. They're thinking that on their wedding day, but five years into the marriage, they resist it when they 
have to give up their stubbornness yep. and pride to save their relationship. I think we've all been in that spot before, though. We've been stubborn and prideful and we don't want to stretch. I know I have yep. because I'm right. Me? I mean, that's why, right? <laughs> right. I'm kidding. Yeah. But, but on those days, I'm thinking I'm right and I'm prideful and I'm being arrogant. So what is a marriage with relational elasticity in full force? What does that look like? Well, a marriage that has relational elasticity and won't easily break has mutual respect. They have a mutual respect that each person in the marriage will have different personalities, perspectives, and convictions. The couple believes this is a good thing and they don't try to change their spouse to become the person they want their spouse to be. These are things that, you know, I mean, if you have relational elasticity, you're going to have this in your marriage naturally. But if you don't, you need to try to get this, get mutual respect. A marriage that has relational elasticity also has healthy, ongoing, two-way communication. The kind where both spouses feel heard and are given the ability to speak what's on their hearts and in their minds without any thoughts of retribution or revenge. Travis, I think a marriage that has relational elasticity has an openness to allowing their spouse to speak into their personal development. If you're willing to be elastic and have that stretchiness, you have to be open to letting your spouse speak into your personal development. And that's a hard one because sometimes we just don't want feedback, especially when there's conflict or especially we're more feeling selfish or demanding. It's tough. It hurts. A marriage that has relational elasticity has determined to not allow anything to become a wedge within their relationships. They are just standing firm. They're determined to not let anything come in the way. And I think the picture that we have there, Don, when you're, you're saying, hey, they've determined not to allow a wedge to come between them. I just think of two people, a husband and a wife who have their backs against each other and they're fighting together. They're like, there is nothing between their shoulder blades, you know, between the two of them as they press their backs against one another, they are standing strong together and nothing will separate them. I know a marriage that has relational elasticity also has a willingness to not only work on finding common ground on key issues, but also to ensure enough alignment for true unity within the marriage. So they are working on finding that common ground, but they're trying to find that true unity and alignment within the marriage. I think that's so important. Relational rigidity comes from wanting relationships on our terms. I will be your spouse as long as you do these things and make me happy. Yeah, that's and the that's statement. just being rigid. Yeah. <laughs> that's the statement we make when we get stubborn. Right. That's relational rigidity. It's stubbornness. It's like, nope, I'm not going to budge unless you do yeah. this for me. Relational rigidity will destroy your marriage. You will not be married long if that's a part of your relationship. So let's just recap. In order to have relational elasticity in a marriage, it requires this mutual respect, healthy, ongoing two-way communication, openness to feedback and coaching, a determination to not allow wedges, and also a willingness to work at finding common ground. So just a couple quick uh, challenge questions for those of you that are listening for you and your spouse. The first one is this, identify like how have you been relationally elastic or, you know, having that stretchy marriage in the past? Right. And what did you win? What did you gain from it? I think it starts with identifying. The second question would be identify three 
areas or three places in yourself or in your marriage where you absolutely need to begin to be more relationally elastic? What are those areas? And I would start with yourself and then move from yourself to your marriage. What are those things? Again, couples with the kind of relational strength to stay married for a lifetime have what we would call relational elasticity, the ability to stick together while stretching to accommodate needs of the relationship. Yeah, a stretchy marriage. Right. That's what we're talking about. Well, hey guys, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember you guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time. <laughs>